what I want to talk about is, is negotiation. And uh, this is kind of personally for me. So I used to work for a business and it was, it's much easier negotiating when you're actually negotiating for someone's sal- like on, for, for a business because ultimately it doesn't really affect... You may get a bonus, which is great, but the, you still get the sal- salary coming in. Whereas now I'm on my own. I'm having to negotiate yeah. my own deals. And I'm, what I'm struggling with is how to uh, separate myself from the actual business. Whereas when, when yeah. you're actually working with someone else, it's really easy. It's like, you know, it's much easier to negotiate. Yeah. What I'd love to know, and, and this will help loads of listeners, um, and you're you're obviously clearly with, with the example you gave of the coffee with the coffee and the sugar and that dickhead um, is, is to go into some negotiation principles. But I think to open it up, like what, what's been like the most intense negotiation you've, you've had to go through in your career? Yeah. So without a doubt, like, oh my God. And I've been through some pretty hectic negotiations without a doubt. It was my negotiate, my negotiating with, the Clapham House Group when I bought the Bombay Bicycle Club. So I used to work for David and Paul, who had the the Clapham House Group when I was at um, Pizza Express. So Clapham House Group, I'm just... Clapham House Group were the people that I bought the Bombay Bicycle Club with. So they were like the family. It was negotiating how we split the equity and the deal and the, um, the entire financial structure of it. And they used to be my bosses. So that made it very, very difficult. And I actually had to walk away from the deal. And I, and I meant it, meant it when I walked away. They took me to a point where I was like, this is never going to work. I am going to go and buy a different group of Indian restaurants. And I'm still going to have the largest chain of Indian restaurants in the UK. I'm just not going to do it with you. And I remember where I was stood when I said that. I, I, I can still feel my heart. My heart actually, my heart rate goes up. When it's my heart, I, I think my, my pulse must have been about 160 at this point. You know, it was, I, I couldn't believe it. It was like Sarah the Small, what the hell was I saying? You know, I was really young at the time. I was still in my 20s. Um, but I remember meaning it absolutely meaning it and that's but what I learned and I'd seen them negotiate a lot as well because I had worked with them for years and I knew exactly how they negotiated I knew all their tactics so but that was without a doubt I'd spent nearly a year trying to buy that business um and I was I walked away from it I got it back, obviously, but because that's what history tells you. You just need to Google it. So I got it back. But um, I walked away and that was definitely the hardest negotiation I've ever, I've ever done. But God, it taught me a lot. What, like, so why, why did you walk away? And then what did it teach you? What, what, what was the... So I walked away because we were nowhere near what... I needed the deal to be in order for it to work for me. We were, it was never going to work. Right. Um, and in the end, after a night of reflection, really, I just said to myself, well, hang on. I, I'm so focused on this business because I spent a year trying to buy it. And I know this business inside and out. And I know what I'll go and do with it. Why don't I just go and buy another one um, and make that the largest chain of Indian restaurants? I know the team. 
I know where else I can get the money from. I don't need them. I'm going to walk away. And there was real strength in that inside me, even though it was, I, I felt sick saying it. Um, but it worked. And, be, and it wasn't, a, it was not a negotiating tactic. It was genuine. I was walking away. I was, I was done. Um, but it worked and we did end up getting a really good deal and everything, you know, I did end up getting exactly what I wanted and it all worked out great. And history tells you that it was a, you know, it was a good business and blah, blah, blah. So it was all worked out really well in the end. But, um, at that time, that was the hardest thing I've done is like, uh, you know, in that moment was part, part of that negotiating was, was to walk away from it. That was really difficult. Well, I love to Second, you did ask me a second question. What did the I say? Oh, sorry, the, the second question, yeah, is like, what did, how did the Sarah change pre that phone, after that phone call, basically? Like, yeah. how did you change? So I think it was a real moment, actually, of separating, to your point, of separating myself from a negotiation. Mm. I found it so so personal I I felt like it was it was like a personal attack that they were undervaluing me you know I was in my late 20s I didn't know any better and I'd seen how they dealt with lots of other people and I was like god you know that how can they treat me the same um and I felt I felt it I took it personally but that moment of me walking away um and then of course we came back and it all worked out great. Um, I have never taken it. I've, it's, it's never been personal since, like, since that moment. I, I have absolutely had the ability to just be strong and separate myself from the, negoti- the negotiation. The other thing that I learned from that negotiation as well, um, and I've carried that with me ever since, is always to manage expectations and I see it oh my god I must see it in 90 plus percent of the negotiations that I go into where expectations are not managed so if you let's say for example you're trying to sell a business and you have a magic number right doesn't matter how realistic or unrealistic that magic number is like basically you won't sell for less you've got to manage expectations and people don't because people think, oh, well, what if I might get more or, you know, ha- I don't want to leave money on the table. Well, firstly, when you try and sell a business, you've got to leave money on the table. That's essential. Otherwise, nobody's going to buy it. So get that out of your head in the first place. Mm. And secondly, um, it is really, that's, what was I just, what was I just in the middle of saying that? I can't remember what I was You're talking, it's, it's, it's about managing expectations. Yeah, so that's and, it. Yes, and, and you see that's it like... Safe. Oh, yeah, nine, this, yeah ma- mag- magical number most brands, yes, not brands, say, people come manage, up with. Manage the expectations of people around you. It's really, really important. So people don't do it because they think that they, they're going to leave money on the table. That's what I was going to say. So don't be greedy in a negotiation. Just be honest with yourself. I will do it for this. That's it. Like, this is what I will do it for. It's not negotiation. I'm just being really straight. That's what I will do it for. Now, one of the things that I learned from them and I've seen it with a lot of other people as well, is they come in really, really low and they do that to try and knock your confidence in a negotiation. So people, so let's say, I'll I'll just use numbers to make it, let's say this is worth £10,000 and I think it's worth £10,000 and they probably think it's worth eight. 
let's say, and I think mm. it's worth 10, they'll come in at one and a half and be brutal because then you're like, oh my God, maybe it's not worth 10. So you then already are probably down at seven. Yeah. Because yeah. they're knocking your confidence and suddenly you're settling at five where frankly they would have been prepared to pay eight in the first place. But it's a tactic and a lot of people use that tactic. So when you go into a negotiation of any kind, and this really helped me with the Bombay Bicycle Club negotiation, I, you have to know what great looks like. Don't go, ever go into a negotiation without knowing what great looks like for you. you. You say, this is what great looks like to me in your head. You know what, what are you trying to achieve here? What does great look like? And what does walk away look like? Mm. And then chances are you'll meet somewhere in the middle, but you stick to it and you have to separate yourself from, from the negotiation. Quick one, guys. Espresso's have got a brand new sponsor, Unleashed. Unleashed is inventory management software that talks directly to your finance and e-com software. We use Unleashed daily at Islands. I bloody love it. We've got our admin time in half, saving approximately 30k a year. Why use it? Save money, save headaches, save stress. Get granular clarity on your margins. No way your stock is. Don't miss availability. Look, your favorite brands literally use Unleashed as their backbone. Candy Kids, Tiny Rebel, Trip, all these religiously. Look, there's a link in the show notes. Please feel free to book in a call with Josh and his wonderful sales team at Unleashed. They're amazing. Even nothing comes of it. And even better news, you'll get your first month free if you reference Hungary. Thank you. Why I love your story, Sarah, is in those two instances with the Clapham House negotiation and the coffee is you've had your David versus Goliath moment, but you've come out swinging. Do you know what I mean? Which is amazing. Yeah, you just have to stand. I mean, they still, they're still uh, Goliath, right? You know, yeah. it doesn't change anything. But how Goliath makes you feel, you can control. Yeah. So, so having so having like what you actually want in the negotiation, I think also be prepared for them to anchor you like well in your in in the back of your court. Basically, is there any other tactics you've learned? Like you've you've been around some, obviously gone gone done way more negotiations than pretty much everyone listening to this. Like, what else have you learned that could be really super valuable? Do you think? So you have to assess your worth, um, and that can be a very difficult thing to do. Uh, you have to understand. What are you worth to them? You know, what, what you have to put yourself in the shoes of the person sat opposite you to understand where the negotiation could go. Mm. And I think if you don't understand the other side of the table, you have less chance of making, making something work. My husband and I actually have very, very different quite not very different but quite different negotiating w w the way in which we negotiate he is he's softer and is it, it, it takes him longer to say what it is that he's looking for so he builds a relationship builds a relationship builds a relationship builds a relationship whereas I manage expectations very quickly up front both can work you know but you have to assess who you're with and often we'll go into a negotiating situation and we'll have the first meeting and we will go, no, this one's for me or we'll go, no, this one's definitely for you. You need to lead That's on so interesting. this. Yeah. And that depends on the person. So some of the businesses that we've bought with the nightcap, for example, without, I mean, Michael, that's his, his job within nightcap anyway. So he would always lead on them, but there have been some instances where it's been very obvious that actually the way I would manage a negotiation 
might work better in a situation. So I might take over or step in or, or come in for a couple of meetings and leave. And there's been others where he, it's so him that I'm not allowed near the deal because actually he's built such a strong relationship with these people that he needs to take, he needs to take it over the line. And that, that again, but it still comes down to us understanding fundamentally what is driving the person on the other side of the table. So when it's, for example, quite a big ego and maybe they don't really want to sell or it's difficult, um, definitely Michael. You know, he'll always empathize and be amazing with that, with that character. When it's more contractual, I'll probably get the job done a lot quicker and cleaner and, you know, everybody appreciates the fact that I'm really straight talking, always manage expectations. We all know where we are. Um, whereas so, so if it's somebody that's quite transactional, they might prefer that way of working to Michael's way of working, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. So usually between the two of us, I mean, Michael could do both. It's what he does and he's brilliant at it. But um, And I can do both if I want to. But this is kind of our natural a natural way of negotiating. So you've got to understand, you know, what does great look like to you? But then also as part of that, it's really important to understand what, what are you worth to them? Mm. Goes back would, to what we said, what we said at the beginning when we were talking about Raymond Blanc, about going with your nature. And it's like, it's the same in the negotiation of, of going with, with your natural style. And I think, I think a lot of the books I've read because at the minute I am very much a small file. I'm having to negotiate with with bigger people, but I'm I'm having to separate myself from that. But I think a lot of these books are like almost tell you to be this bloody American cop. Do you know what I mean? Or like this FBI investigator. And it's like if that's not your if that's not your natural, no. just no. go with your go with your natural kind of yeah. Go with go with your nature. That's super valuable. Thank you so so much for listening. It honestly means the world to me. I hope you enjoyed your morning coffee. And go and have an amazing day. Let's be having ya. If you want the full episode, it will be in the show notes. A link will be in the show notes for the full episode. Thank you so much. Please leave friends as well. It means a lot to me.